Kick it off. So, welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast, the podcast where three expats discuss education, culture, life on the Korean Peninsula. I'm Kevin Mitchell here with Jack McBain and Ryan Anderley. Guys, how you doing this evening? Doing pretty good. good. How about you? All right. I mean, yeah, it's it's been an interesting week as as for always. You know, I, I found this article on on Korea Times that I'm gonna share with. I'll talk to you guys about in a minute. One thing that's curious though, it got me thinking recently because it's about um, expat life, and and we've been talking about being expats here, and that's kind of our thing. Before we jump into the article, just kind of a random thing that I was thinking about. What do you guys think is the difference and why do we define ourselves as expats and not immigrants? Oh. Yeah. I, I sprung that on you last like suddenly here. That's kind of a, uh, a to, an expat is like uh, an expat is uh, one foot in one foot out and an immigrant is uh, both feet in. I, I'm still I'm, I'm never going yeah, to I'm never going to give feel. up my American uh, citizenship. I'll, I'll hold on to it forever. And I'll always consider myself American, but I live in Korea. Uh, I feel like an immigrant is actually is actually going all the way, taking the kind of the full plunge. And, even uh, the passport and going because like I was thinking, especially for you, even more than us. Although Ryan and I are here, you know, almost as long as, as you have. You seem, you know, considering you've only been back to the state, but one time you said last week, like uh, now it's been two or three. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. The two feet in. That's that's a good. You're jumping in fully and i think that yeah i'm pretty jumped in fully but you're right i'm not quite willing to give up my u.s passport yet uh, brian um, what do you think it's what, very what, difficult to get a korean passport would you say I, the difference? i was i was i was about to go on a different track totally and maybe that says something about my like political leanings and it shouldn't because I, I don't think i think that way maybe i do my my thought process immediately jumped to oh man, maybe it's like some imperial thing, you know? It's like only Brits and Americans can be expats, you know? Oh. Like, would you say that of well, someone who was like working, who's from India working temporarily in there, Seattle? Are you going to call him an expat? That, I would say that that's not patriot. That's like correct, a, but you wouldn't, uh, but you wouldn't, no, there, there is that as well. That is very political, but generally, yeah, the, I, I do think, although I, I like Jack's definition because I think that that, is pretty that's what it feels like that's what it, it feels, sort of like. feels I like, like but definition. yeah I, I'm, I'm a fan of it but there is definitely the factor of an expat is someone who is somewhat wealthy going to work you know coming from a wealthy country going to work to make their life but although you know even immigrants immigrants that i'm using that word like the the construction workers they're going to make their life better by going into another country so that's that's where i do think that it's true and we all go to immigration i mean we all de- we are immigrants i mean we, we do are fall under that auspices right of- and that's why and, that's what I was and if you follow like the etymology the etymology of the word i mean can we break that down like you're an expatriate you're leaving right and we go yeah. back we call it repatriating so how is that not a permanent but i also do think that you're right it it always seems to be have something to do with kind of like a colonizing essence to it yeah an imperial like kind of i don't know you know yeah i didn't want to take the conversation there i wasn't sure i just that was like my (laughs) get into american hegemony and uh, all the the sweet stuff there it does definitely seem that way but but i think i think we could go either way with the definitions of it anyway that was just something that i been thinking about because this article is talking about it's from expats insider um and it's actually a korean herald a korea times link and we'll put it in the the show notes for everybody um 
but this article is talking about expats. I just started pondering about what what's the difference? Why are these people expats, and and what what am I or what are we? But I, I think that's a good that's, question. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's just one of those kind of random stoner thoughts, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, the the interesting the meat of this article uh, is is kind of interesting. It's talking about how Korea dropped. Uh, it ranked forty seven out of fifty nine out of 59 on an index based, it's a survey to determine the favorability of the living environment and conditions for expats. So Korea is just not in the worst 10 countries of the 59 on this list. You know, they don't have all countries. I don't think North Korea- So it's getting, it's getting slightly better. It's getting, it's getting just slightly better. Well, so um, it says, this is the, the full index. Uh, according to, I'm not sure where it was fully in, in other things in the past. In general living conditions, here's where it gets a, a bit weird, is Korea was 13th on the list uh, in, of 61 countries in 2014. That's interesting as well. There's two countries that are no longer on the list. The article doesn't talk about that. Um, so it was 13th of general living conditions uh, a few years ago. And now it's, uh, then it dropped to, it's 54th now, or 47th now this year, sorry. It, it bounced around a little bit. So that it's dropped a ton on general living conditions, but just the overall rating is the 47th. I'm not sure where that was in, in the past. Is that where they so account for all the all, all these different uh, uh, aspects of, of life overseas? Is that what they're... Uh... They, they looked at a number of factors. Yeah, I've actually, I did some research. I went and looked up the original article as well. On, oh, nice. On, yeah, on in, internations.org. Um, it's, I only scanned the article because it's like a 200 page article. It's, it's a bit ridiculous. Um, I didn't want to look at the whole thing, but there's yeah. one, two, three, four, seven categories. Um, leisure or no, eight categories, including so there's quality of life, uh, leisure options, personal happiness, travel and transport, health and well-being, safety and security, digital life and quality of the environment. Uh, and I've got the list of all of the countries here, but they don't really talk about all of it in, in the original article. They just picked a couple of the, the interesting ones. Yeah, the, the thing that I... Can you, can you say that list again really quick? Can you yeah. just do that? Run down the list really quick. Say the list one more time really quick. Okay. Quality of life, leisure options, personal yep. happiness, mm -hmm. trans, travel and transport, uh, health and well-being, safety, security, digital life, quality of environment. Okay. I feel like something's missing. Yeah, but I the when I when I read that article, um, I, I I read it with kind of a grain of salt, with, as I do with a lot of these kinds of, of studies, and uh, mm. I I think that the two categories that they scored quite high in, if you're I don't know if you're going to mention that, uh, you you probably will mention that later. Yeah, but go ahead, we can jump around. Uh, well, they the health and wellness that they ranked mm. quite high, right? Korea ranks yes. really high because they have a great. Uh, health and well-being, it was actually second place. They have a great healthcare list. system here, you know? And, yeah. uh, wow. And also the, uh, uh, the Korea ranked uh, quite high. Uh, what was the other the category where they actually ranked pretty high? Uh, was, um, it must be digital um, technology, of course, uh, they ranked high. Oh, transportation. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Transportation. Yeah, it was transportation yeah. because they have the subway system is fantastic. And it's like when I was thought Actually, about digital life is 40 seconds as I oh, was right? that forty second out of that doesn't make sense, sense at all. Really fast internet. Yeah. Right. 
it seems strange. Maybe it's because so much still uses Internet Explorer and, and ActiveX and, and that bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like banking here is, is really frustrating. When I go back to use my American account, which I almost never do, but when I do, it's just like log in, send money, done. And the Korean one, although it's actually gotten a lot easier. I've, I've now got it. Like I don't need to carry that little card around when little I want to send money. Yeah, I, like I don't have to carry key. that anymore. I, I now have it set yeah. with my fingerprint on my phone. So that's easy. Me when too. I did taxes last year or this year, there were some weird complications of like downloading a file to my phone to be able to upload to the app. That was, I mean, taxes are always kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, so. but I feel like that point, that point is worth mentioning um, because I think it's something that some people listening to this podcast maybe are familiar with that they would associate with Korea if they're familiar with, they had friends that were here or they've been here. Um, and that's really changed a lot. I remember mm. when I came to Korea, I remember we started, we started at Chunang, mm. uh, Kevin and I, it was pretty much essential that you had to have Windows Explorer to get oh, onto yeah. the portal system. Now I'm Even all Mac OS, Safari, um, Firefox if I want. I, have, I haven't, ha haven't had any issues. This is the first year I was able to do, and we just talked about this last year, Kevin, you and I, we talked about um, getting boot camp for Mac because I was getting rid of all my access for PC, leaving the office. I don't have a PC in the office, or I have a PC in the office. I don't have one at home, um, a Windows PC. So I wanted to be sure I had boot camp to be able to do any type right, of right. attacks or things like that with Windows. This year, I, could, I got away with it on, on Mac. I had no problems. Nice. Yeah, I did all my banking, on my, same, on my same iPhone, as you. Well. I had that little, the little key card thing, hmm. the little dongle that random generate. I still have it because I feel like somewhere in life I'm going to need it. <laughs> right. But I do right now. Everything is Face ID on my phone and easy breezy, no problem. Yeah, so digital life definitely. That's, so this that's strange changed. to me that digital life is so low on this list because Korea is yeah. very digital. I mean everything is 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 digital like the COVID? i mean there's a thing there was a question on here on, on COVID as well when i walk into some place to check who i am you know i just like shake my phone and boom, here's a qr code and it registers me like i i it's just everything is digital yeah it might yeah. be worth looking deeper into where what the criteria are for that that category because that is kind of anomalous if that's what yeah. it's based on which so I there must the, be something the, they score, the, the really low scores was mostly in the the kind of subjective uh, areas which are like friendliness like and what? Uh, what what were uh, some of the other categories was like uh friendliness and um like uh, e ease of meeting of ease of making friends something like yeah that. there was there was that one on here, um, feeling at home and friendliness. Yeah, so uh, according to going back to the original, the Korea Times article, uh, Korea received almost rock bottom scores for subcategories in the index, ranking 56 out of 57 in feeling at home and 50th in friendliness and 49th in finding friends. So those are different categories than on the, the other site that I have. But yeah, feeling at home, friendliness and finding friends were all, were all super low. Yeah. No. Well, what do you guys think accounts for that, though? I mean, what would be the why? Because I we don't feel that way, right? I mean, uh, I, yeah, I, I definitely so. wouldn't rank Korea that low in those uh, areas. But I don't. I feel like yeah, I'm not wonder... the demographic, though. I'm. I'm. It's. I'm thinking 22 year old, you know, university students and stuff like that. You know, people. Yeah. People in that in and, that age range. But in that in that age category and in this time you know, in the 21st century, I, I don't know. I have, 
a couple of students that I've been working with in the last semester. They've been coming to my tutoring and looking for advice on uh, meeting friends because they're not they're not Korean. They're international students. Mm. So the they've been here for just, you know, two and a half months, three months, and they're struggling a little bit. They're struggling to make friends, which is also understandable because they're taking their classes online. You know, yeah, they're, they're not even getting to camp. Yeah. Right. So it's there's, there's other reasons. Yeah. yeah. So I directed them to like a couple of things that, you know, I would do if I was their age or I, you know, still do now like um, meetup. Hmm. So meetup, if you don't know, it's a website, you can go there, you can find communities that do just about anything. Um, there's plenty of apps for um, either dating or making friends. And so I directed these students that, and it was the next week they could both came back. It was two different students. They both came back and they're like, yeah, I just joined this group. I joined this group. We're going to go hiking. We're doing this. So I don't know how that could really be all that different, but yeah. I haven't lived. I mean, I haven't lived in another country, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know about comparing to other, the one thing that the article does say about that specifically was um, that they said 54% of those who responded said Korea was difficult to make friends with locals specifically. So that's an interesting part. Um, higher than the 36% average of all the other countries. Um, the, the company that did this, the survey assumed that it was due to the language barrier because 70% of surveyed expats in Korea said they do not speak Korean. Now that's a different thing that we can get into on another thing is about you know specifically language and stuff like that but yeah, or lack thereof that. yeah yeah but i, I yeah. still think this is surprising to me as well like i i mean i can i can't count the number of times some random korean person came up to me and in english started like randomly bullshitting with me about something yeah. and, and so uh i although speaking korean of course helps i mean no doubt that you're you've got a whole new population of people that you can make friends with that was never an issue for me and not speaking korean was, was not a problem in friend making the problem in friend making is that I, I just don't go out very often um so this is yeah. yeah i don't get it completely well actually kevin you could speak to it a little bit more maybe because how old were you when you came to korea 25 six something like that yes yeah, so you were quite wow. young for the type of work that you had started. I mean, you were the youngest, you are the youngest in our department? I still am the youngest. Still, and yeah, I was, yeah, I, I was, <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, as I get older, you do too. So that, that yeah, works that's out. how yeah, time works, works right? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, when you, when you came, you were in your mid twenties and you had studied abroad in, uh, Netherlands. where? Netherlands. All right, so mm -hmm. that's radically different. that's much closer to like, you know, your native culture, America. So how would you compare your, your like social fluidity in those two situations? That's weird. You're um, kind of a great, you're a classic case for it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would say the one thing that I, I did in both situations was that I, I really tried to find local friends, both when I was in the Netherlands um, at the, the school that I was uh, studying at there, there was actually a pretty big, even in my, my student house, there was a pretty big um, foreign community. I mean, my, my student house was all foreigners. Actually, my university had a big group. There was like 20 or, or more people from my uni back in Arizona that sent people to that university. So it would have been super easy for me to just be like, I'm going to hang out with Arizonans 
here. Um, and I did, of course, from time to time, I went out and partied with, with the Americans or the Spanish or the other foreign kids. But I ended up getting into a group of uh, Dutch, a, a Dutch group while I was there for a while as well, which they even told me they were like, it's, they were like, we're a weird group to get into. They were what heavy metal rockers. So like, yeah, I was, I'd spent Saturday night just thrashing long black hair in, in this tiny little pub. Um, uh, but I, I really tried to hang out with locals a lot. I mean, I don't think I went out of my way. I wasn't like, you're, a, you're not a local, go away. But I, I found that I was here in Korea, even when I was in my first year here and didn't speak any Korean. I joined uh, Kung Fu Do Studio, it's martial arts, and uh, I was attempting to communicate with, with Korean guys in that group, although I was there with a foreigner who helped me translate, not always, sometimes he wasn't there, and I still was hanging out with, with a couple of the guys that were just Koreans in that group, so I guess I, I just tried to find locals, but I didn't, again, the language they were happy to talk to a foreigner in their broken English just as much as I was in my broken Korean at the time. Yeah, the, yeah I feel the, like there's there's a, there's another layer to this though that I'd like yeah. to, I'd like to talk about, and I think belongs in this podcast. When I came to Korea originally, before I started working, the one of the first like like I told you, I came here and I was very fortunate. I had this group of people that was kind of already here and. It was like a generally accepted concept that um, Korea is racist. That was just that was just a general thing that was tossed around. Yeah, and I, mean, I heard that for I a never. Long time. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a common common thing spoken by people that I think have been here for a short period of time, or people that are easily offended and don't see the greater picture. Like you're going to be treated different when you arrive in a culture that is so homogenous and Korea is ridiculously homogenous and less so every year, but it, I mean, it still is, um, yeah. you know, what is it like 99.9% Korean or something like this? I mean, it's, but those, it's extreme. Those are the kinds of people that are, they, that are like, you know, all lives matter. They go to a breast cancer March and complain because they, you don't care about, uh, you know, brain cancer. You know, it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's got, it doesn't have that little bit of a, a kind of a, a what's well, kind of myopic. It. It's kind of, it's missing, it's missing nuance. It's like, exactly. Uh, don't mistaken someone's curiosity about you for racism mm -hmm. that, and I've, I've seen it and I've, I've talked to people, foreigners who, you know, it's like, just take it down a notch. That guy was not trying to be rude. Right. Like he's genuinely curious about you. It, there was no animus opposite, behind right? the the intention. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. was talking about like people staring at you because you're a foreigner. We, we I we used to get this in Thailand all the time, and we we also jumped to the that conclusion, right? That they're all racist and they all uh, you know, and because they had a word for foreigners, it's farang uh, or falang. So uh -huh. you'd be walking down the street in in our our small little small village area, which is still in Bangkok but outskirts, and they'd point. And just say falang falang, you know, like look right there. It's a uh, you know, like you're at the zoo and you see a panda bear or something. And so we, you know, took great offense, you know, to it and very, you know, in a very like performative kind of way. You know, we all grumbled yeah. it together. But uh, but I don't think that's that's not institutional no, racism. It like you know, that, I mean? it's I think also it's, you know, is yeah. really like that's just yeah. It's like it's just pointing it out. They're not saying I still get that walking down the street and some little kid just like looks up and is like, wait, you kid. And, and I usually just look at him and like, 
Hadouken. And I just point right. out and I'm keep walking. Right, but they but they can also go further. And you know, some mistakes, innocent mistakes can be made. That first year when I was was in Busan, I was walking with some friends, uh, and someone came up to us, very enthusiastic, younger guy, maybe high schooler, early uni. And he was with his friends and he was, he was just animated. He was like, whoa, like he was shocked. He was like, whoa, foreigners, you know? <laughs> and I have tattoos and I have a shaved head. He walked up, he touched me, which okay, coming from Chicago, like that's not a thing you do. You do <laughs> not touch a stranger. That's a good way to get punched, you know? But you don't, you don't react. It was a sort of like, I was kind of shocked. He, he rubs my tattoo and he looks at me he goes, and he says in English, he goes, uh, skinhead? And I was like, I, I lit up. I'm like, dude, no, just right. no, right? But I'm watching his reaction. Like, at least I had the wherewithal of the, you know, the ability to watch his reaction. He wasn't laughing with me. He didn't understand what he was saying. Mm. He didn't understand the implications of what that is, probably. I don't know. But he didn't get it. He was like, ah, like what? And then my friends are all on the floor laughing, right? Because, you know, sure. hardcore Ryan, of course, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> yeah. So, like, in that situation, I could easily see myself not taking that moment and being like, you know, shut your mouth, you know, instead, you know. Sure. But, you know, that's an innocent mistake. It's a cultural, you know. It, it's all, it's like about, it's how much, uh, you know, how much... Uh, how much leeway, how much space are you going to afford the, you know, other, the people from another, you know, from another culture and, you know, to, to chalk those, those uh, occurrences, those, those interactions up to just, you know, a, a cultural miscommunication and not, you know, not, it's not racism. I mean, I don't think that he would even understand the concept like all the history that behind the the, the yeah, phrase skinhead you know exactly right, right. Um, exactly yeah there was there was yeah. a i don't know if this was was true this might be this was um before i arrived i remember kevin and i one of our mutual friends um again i'm not gonna list names and podcasts but there was a bar that opened up i think in guangan lee in pusan and they had just collected a bunch of nazi memorabilia oh boy like, yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know it, it, it gets I don't know if that was the name. The line know, gets it, weird, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, that the pub, I think, got shut down eventually because foreigners were like, yeah, no, cancel. That's not a thing. That's not going to happen today. But we're not going to have Hitler um, bar in Hitler bar two and Hitler bar three. We're not. Yeah, <laughs> we're no, not thank you. We're not spreading that around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I imagine the uh, you know if it's an older gentleman that's opening this place, maybe he just you know isn't that up on history or just, it's naive. You know it's, they're naive or something. You know and they don't see it the same way. I mean, imagine if uh, if I was in Seattle and I opened up um, what would be the equivalent? I don't know. Oh boy. Well, Seattle they're pretty sensitive these days, so yeah, it wouldn't take much. You know, it wouldn't take much. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think you, you are right about the, just the fact of Korea being so homogenous that's the big difference of, of seeing racism here i mean there's racism everywhere there's racism in the states if you just look at the news these oh, days yeah. my wife doesn't even want to travel to the states these days but um but yeah it's just here like and that was a really big difference when i was i, I still remember when i was traveling around in the netherlands as a student people didn't people spoke to me first in dutch 
because I'm just, you know, although I'm not that tall and Dutch people are, are very tall, um, I'm just a random white dude walking around a majority white dude country. Um, you fit right in, so, you know? Yeah, yeah you it was in. just like, oh, you're Dutch. And then I would be like, sorry, what? And then they'd, they'd immediately switch to English because they're Dutch and their English is amazing. Um, and that never happens to me here in Korea. And I don't, no one mistakes me for Korean. Um, that's an impossible mistake to make. You know, I don't, I don't look Korean. Um, so it, it is very different. Just you know, like I'm a foreigner and there's no, no getting around that. You see me just like, boom, there's that dude's not Korean in the same way that the other Koreans are. Even if I get my passport, even if I did go the full immigrant route, um, I still would be a way in and it would probably drive me more crazy than to be like, no, I've got a passport. But, uh, so sometimes I, I like to think of this in terms of like, if you think of it like language, uh, you know, swearing in Korean has doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't hit your, that, you know, the nerve or whatever, where, not that I swear in Korean all the time, not like running around swearing in Korean, but, but you know, those words, it, it doesn't mean anything when I hear it, you know? Yeah. But when, so, you know, you hear, uh, you know, if you hear, you know, some, some, you know, swear word or something in, in your native language in a, in a situation where it's appropriate or inappropriate, your ears perk up and you, and you, you just, it has meaning to it behind it. And I think that a lot of it is, there's no, what is the, what's the underlying meaning? How, how often do we take the time to actually try to understand that? Uh, mm. You know, and I think Where does it come now from? we do a lot because we have a lot of experience living overseas. But I think when I first arrived in Thailand or, uh, or, or those people that you're talking about, I keep saying those people, but the, the people <laughs> that just don't get it, that kind of end up going it. home is because they, yeah. they offer no, no space there. It's you're, you're going to, you're going to understand all the nuances uh, immediately, or I'm going to, I'm going to attack you as if you were, you know, uh, uh, from the same culture as me, same background. So it, it's, it's, I think it's, uh, those people never last, you know, they, they don't, uh, they, they, they burn out. Here, and and further, like, like seeing your place in time and in culture, like, when you come here, I think it's very easy. I mean, especially when we arrived, you know, more than a decade ago, it's even then it was easy to see this place as it looks different, but in a lot mm. of ways it doesn't. A lot of ways this is not like you're traveling to, you know, some like rural uh, village in Uganda. The, the, this place functions a lot similarly to an American city and American culture. So sometimes when, you're confronted with um, something that's different, that, that, that bizarreness really strikes you. Um, you're not ready for it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You kind of get lulled uh, into it. It goes beyond, yeah. I, I it goes beyond I mean. language. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to express. Maybe, maybe I'm still curious that. about like, why <laughs> does the students, or why, not the students, I mean, I don't know how many people like, took the survey, but why like, feeling at home was so low why was friendliness so low i was finding friends alone feeling at home like i could imagine that that comes from you know if you're coming from a western country and and dropping into i know for me it was very strange dropping into korea and not even being able to to read the signs not even being able to not read the signs but if i go to spain and i can't read the signs it looks like i can read the signs you know it feels like i can read the signs there's a familiarity at least right um yeah but when you drop into you know, some, some Korean pub street and it's just all neon, all Korean and it just looks crazy foreign. I can understand the not feeling at home thing, but, but like Brian was saying, I mean, we're still living in a massive metropolis that has 
English lines everywhere and subways that take you everywhere. And it, I, I mean, on the bus, there's English. Um, and not everyone is coming from an English-speaking country, of course, that is taken from this, this survey. Um, but I, I, I feel strange. Or I'm a bit confused that Korea was so low on feeling at home when I don't know what other countries, I'm not sure which countries I would think would be worse or, or less. Well, I'll tell you one that would be worse, America. Like I, I've known students who have gone to America and they otherwise they would have had a great uh, feeling about the country, but they got sick and they went to the doctor. And they made the mistake of going to the doctor with no insurance. And then they are ready to pay. So they take out a $20 bill and they get hit with a $350. <laughs> and they're like, I saw the doctor for literally, uh, you know, three minutes and I have to pay $350. Yeah. And you haven't even bought your medicine yet, son. You know what I mean? It's like uh, now you got to go to the pharmacy and pay for that without insurance. And they that leaves a pretty bad taste in their mouth when they, you know, come back to Korea and they, they can't understand that. How does that system, you know what I mean? Like, well, America's friendly. Uh, we have a good reputation, but if you get sick, they're not gonna, you, you don't, you better have insurance. Yeah, especially you know I mean? coming from Korea where again, you know, the health and well-being was second place in, in Korea. Yeah, there. exactly. Or you go to America, you take a taxi, you better get ready to pay, at least in Minnesota, yeah. because you oh, don't Lord. take a oh, taxi man. in Minnesota. I didn't oh, write man. a taxi. I was, just, I, was just I was telling a kid this today in a, in a in tutoring about taxis. It was like, oh, this is yesterday. When I when I came to Korea, I was coming straight. I came straight from Chicago, and as a as a as a grad student, especially, but not even not even grad student, even as a professional, you just you don't take cabs unless you have to because right, it's exactly. just Same really in LA, damn too. expensive. Like you ride your bike if if it's not snowing, and if it is, then you know you pray that your train's on time, or you know, heaven forbid you take a bus, you know, and that's that's life. And then if it's an emergency, yeah, you flag down a cab. I got to I got to Busan. I was like, that was four dollars. I was just like, I know I can take the subway, but I'm taking a cab. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> I still remember actually similar stories, man. Yeah. Similar story to that yeah. for me. I remember when I was pretty new here as well, like no more than no more than six months, definitely. And I was I was doing my my Ite one stage. You know, I was I was like, okay, I gotta I need to to feel foreign town for a while. So I was hanging out Ite one, and one night it was past subways closing, and I was like, well can't take a cab home gonna have to wait for the subways to open and so i just hung out for the next few hours and probably spent more in drinks than i would have taking a cab home had <laughs> yeah. i known how cheap a cab was i, I, I was wouldn't even I, today this is like 2021 ita1 this morning um i got i i used the call cab and i got i'm in huam so i'm at seoul station so if anybody listening this is from um ita1 station a little bit further uh and to seoul station huam dong so if I had taken the subway, what's the subway cost these days? Less than two bucks, I think. US yeah, I have no idea, but it's got to be less yeah, than Yeah, something like bucks. that. And I would have to walk because I wasn't at Itaewon Station. I, wasn't at, I don't live at Seoul Station. So I'd have to walk about 500 meters on both ends as well. I took the cab. It was 6500 6, So like around a little less than $6. Yeah. And they, yeah. Won't, let you, and they won't let you tip. Even if I, know, I mean... Here, here's another I got a, I got another story it's not a taxi story but it's a I went to the doctor story I got a uh, this is you know 20 years ago when I first came here I think I mentioned last week I came here in 2002 so I've been here almost 20 years and uh, I got sick and uh, I like like a good American 
I didn't do anything about it. I just, uh, you know, uh, you Jack do. Daniels and, uh, you know, some uh, NyQuil and what, you know, um, and time and just let it uh, pass and it wouldn't go away. And uh, it was a sinus infection. And so I finally decided I got to go to the doctor. Um, you know, I, I didn't know anything about uh, Korea. So I went into the hospital and I, I saw the doctor and everything and I, I got ready to, uh, uh, you know, I, this is going to be hundreds of dollars if I'm lucky, you know, yeah. and they, I got my bill and it was 16,000 won. So 16 bucks to see the doctor and the pills were like five bucks. And I quickly yeah. paid and I ran out of there thinking they made a mistake. They forgot a zero <laughs> at the end of the, you know, at the bill. And uh, so at, at school the next day, I was talking to a Korean colleague of mine and I said, oh, I went to the doctor uh, for it, the whole thing was $24. And she goes, wow, that's so expensive because she used insurance, you know, it would have been three or $4 for her. That's what she's used to paying. So I, you know, I realized, you know, you're, we're not in Kansas anymore. You know, I mean, it's just a totally different, yeah. um, just what they prioritize, you know? So I, I yeah. guess, uh, it, it kind so of looking back at this, this original, the, I'm going back to the original article now. The, yeah. Yeah. Three times, and they were mm-hmm. saying that 84% of expats rate affordability of healthcare positively compared to 61% globally. And 92% are happy with the quality of medical care, medical care versus 71% globally. So yeah, Korea's definitely got got that down. Um, also did really well with transportation. Um, those are some things that they did. One other, um, let's see, ah, safety, personal safety. Almost all expects 92% feel safe in South Korea. Uh, and sure. only 2% yeah. said they don't feel safe. So that's, yeah, I mean, Korea is definitely a very safe, country that's something that's still actually that's probably the number one thing i bring up when people ask me like Hmm. what are the things you like about seoul it's a big list it's not the only thing and it's not like on the top far and away but it is the top for me it's the safety especially coming from the city that i used to live in to um all the way to seoul so comparing those two large metropolises Yeah. yeah you if you're living in boston chicago like most large american cities Imagine you just drop in, you're 22 years old and you decide you're just going to go explore. You grab your skateboard and you scoot out. There's a good chance you end up in the wrong neighborhood. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a non-zero chance you could, you could have a, you know, you know, a bad situation. Could you do that in Seoul? No, I don't even know where the bad neighborhood is. It's comical. It's funny to think about it. You just laugh. Yeah. yeah, You could just walk down the street with money in your hand like this all night, anywhere you want. $10 $10 bill to your back. I, I remember being really surprised yeah. when I was first here. Cause again, I was working at a Hagwon that first year and, and I would talk to students, young kids, elementary school kids. And, and they were telling me, Oh yeah, I've got to take the subway home. And it's like nine o'clock at night. And, and like, your mom's not going to pick you up. And I'm like, no, it's just a couple stations yeah. away. And I was like, you're like nine. Like what? Um, like I was shocked that like, I, and I think kids, it goes you know? a little bit too far here because I'm uh, as, as speaking as a parent uh, uh, of a, of a, a teenager. So I'm, uh, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm not thinking about my own safety anymore. I'm, my concern is always my, you know, kind of refracted through the prism of my daughter's experience, you know, her, her, uh, you know, is it safe for her? And, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there are no sh- school shootings, not a thing hmm. that's the mix helps yeah. me sleep at night, you know, uh, drug, they have draconian drug laws here, but, uh, there's no, meth dealers at my daughter's school, you know, there's no, uh, it's just another, another thing I don't have to worry about. 
you know um and and i'm gonna make you worry there was actually just a news article i saw in the news i don't know oh which God. is there meth now in the it, it, yeah, well, that's the thing. When when Koreans do drugs, when I see it on the news, it's the hardcore shit. It, it's, it's, they they skip right not, over. Uh, they they go straight to like black tar heroin and uh, you know. Yeah. yeah, they're not just smoking a joint. They've got yeah, you know, like the hardcore stuff. But uh, yeah. but it's still a very 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 small percentage, of course. And I don't remember the exact details of the article. I just saw it in glancing the other day. That's probably a discussion. Yeah, any yeah, society's not going to be. It's not going to be without its problems here. There are of social of problems. Course. There are issues. Yeah. And I mean, you could, somebody very quickly um, listening to this is going to jump, snap back and talk about how the suicide rate here is quite high for kids, actually. And mm. it's true. And yeah. how, you know, a lot of that is, is due to, you know, lots of different factors, but the, uh, the extremely stressful um, education system that uh, most kids are going through, you know, th- th- there's definitely, you can always find um, something on the side, but my point would be, in, in response to that is that after being here for this long and Jack, I mean, I think you would agree if you take it all in some, mm-hmm. this is, as far as safety, this is a safer place than Chicago. I, objectively true. I mean, it has a hundred percent. It just has yeah. to be true. And uh, you know, and that's, that I guess it's that kind of, it kind of takes us back to the, the article and maybe we could expand this even a little, you know, more broadly and just, you know, that, that's if we're talking about why we stay here, like why I stay, like why, why if the, the weird thing about it is that I've been here so long now that Korea is my comfort zone, if that makes sense. It's like an old shoe, you know, like I, I, I feel like I'm coming home again when I come back here. And that and that's weird that that maybe I have crossed the threshold of expat to immigrant you know i mean i really have created my life is completely uh korea centric you know i'm i i live here i work here my family is here Uh, this is um this is the center of my you know universe this country i think i mean your math is probably similar to mine ryan's is just a little because he's just a couple years older than me but it's similar as well but i'm of course the same because i've been in korea now for 13 years 14 years or something like that and i'm i'm gonna be 30 nine so of my adult life since turning 18 i've been here like what two-thirds or 70 percent or something of my adult life so this is definitely what i know more than more than i'm around i've almost spent half my life in asia actually which uh and you know later we should go into how in the world do i not speak korean that is ridiculous i mean it's 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 a it's a it's another topic it's a whole that's a whole like jack uh you know. One one thing also that we haven't mentioned in the podcast is also our age and our age when we came here it was all kind of said it disjointed in the first one. So I'm 42. Kev, you're 38. I, yes. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm your 44. You're, come, you're 44, and your your birthday's coming up. My birthday's coming up, and mm. you're 40. You're 44. You're older than me. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I was. I born in. I was born in 77. So yeah. Okay. I'm. Uh, okay. I've got some, I'm, well, I'm the, I'm the, the old guy in the, in the trio here. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's I, okay. I, was, yeah. I just wanted to throw some perspective for anybody that's listening for, because, you know, we're talking about our experiences mm-hmm. and we, last week we, we talked about our origins and how we came here. And um, I think for anyone listening to this, there might be some curiosity uh, today and you know sure. maybe they're considering doing yeah, this sure. today and, I, I was 24 you know, when i came to asia different. how old were you ryan when you when you came were you 
32? Uh, I was 29. 29. Okay. 29. I, yeah. I turned 30 um, here. So wow. that was like a big you, year for me. You made oh, the yeah, like your first year. You, yeah. uh, Kev, how old were you when you came here? You were 26? I was, I was, um, so it was 2007. I would have been 25. 25 or 26. You guys are pretty close. Oh, I, I came to Korea. I turned. I was 25 when I came to Korea the first time, and uh, I, I, I turned I was... 26 in. Uh, I remember celebrating my birthday in Itaewon. So uh, yeah, okay. I imagine I, how yeah, that. So I was. Yeah. yeah, about the same. Yeah, um, yeah, I was about the same then. Yeah, like mid to late 20s when when we first when we first got here. So yeah. almost almost the same there. Um, and now we've all been here long enough that we're yeah. Most we're all life. settled down. Yeah, we're all. Yeah, we're we're. Yeah, it's all we're lifers, you know. That's a you can expat immigrants, something lifers. as well. Yeah. Something as well, going back to the article a little bit and comparing our lives. I know that I mean, as again, and everyone who's listening will, will know this as well at this point. We all work together, right? We all work at a university, which is a pretty good gig as far as, as things go here in Korea. And that was one thing that Korea did pretty poor, going back to the original article, um, on internations. Um, South Korea did not perform well on, on the working index. Uh, it was 40th out of, what did I say, 59, something like that. Um, and expats particularly disliked their working hours and lack of work-life balance, uh, both 50th mm. for both 50 out of 59. Um, one in five expats is, dis- is dissatisfied with their working hours. Uh, so it's a little bit more than the, the average. Um, although it does say that interestingly, working expat working hours are actually slightly less than the global average uh, here. So, I'm, but I'm curious. I really would love to know. And of course, this doesn't talk about you know this this article is is talking about like globally. It's just all the stats. I would love to know the Korea stats very specifically since that's you know our focus. I want to know, you know like what was the age of of the people in Korea who answered this. I want to know this to compare. To us. Yeah, yeah, I would like to know is more about that demographic. When you say like expats, I think it, at first we're all picturing, at least I was picturing, oh, it's the ESL teachers coming over here on gap year. That's what we're thinking of as an expat. And then, oh yeah, of course there's some outliers. There's that guy that's got some internship with Samsung or whatever like this and you got, you know, whatever. But what what is the expat um, pool that they're pulling from when you're talking about working hours and job satisfaction Hmm. in the rural areas outside of seoul which is like the rest of korea isn't it like uh, what was that article jack in one of those textbooks you had um Hmm. it was it was using real real articles something like 40 percent of the laborers in the rural area are from the philippines or something or oh boy there's there's yeah. a ton of people from Southeast Asia working here. Yeah. Okay. Are we including them? And they're like you know, working on farms, I guess, presumably. Like so or whatever. I, I would it, say those people being included. That's a great question because I think yeah. this could be. I bet I guarantee you it's divided by class. And that I think I think it was. Uh, I bet the the people that filled out the survey were mostly young, and were probably from uh, you know west from the west coming over here either studying yeah. or. Yeah, a lot of I, I yeah, bet they just walk them. through. They walk through Itaewon with a clipboard. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I am very curious about That's that. Right. I will say that I, I know, like like you were saying, Ryan, when we think expats in Korea, we often think uh, of people in our circle, which is you know, educators. Um, and I do yeah. know that the the non-educator pool of expats is getting larger and larger and larger every year. There are more and more and more people coming and working not as educators. I mean, one of Ryan, your and I good friends is a German dude who is not 
an educator and he's an expat here in Korea. Now, most of my friends, most of our friends probably are in education, but that, that group of non-educators is getting bigger. Still, I, I would be surprised if, uh, if they had like the, the, the Southeast Asian farm workers in this story. Yeah, they, do, would... they do have a quote from a, a Jamaican expat claiming that the, work, the working culture is problematic and there's not, a, like, a not enough work-life balance. Now, I don't know what this specific Jamaican expat is doing, um, but I'm going to stereotype here and say he's probably not in English education um, and he's probably doing something else. I have no idea what, but I know they always, they tend to want, you know, that American accent when they're looking for, for teaching. And so that's why I'm, I'm willing to make that stereotype is just because he's not speaking. Yeah, but you never, you never know when, no, of course not. When I was, when I I could be wrong, I could very much be wrong. There was, there was a couple of guys we used to hang out with, I believe they're Moroccan and, um, it was much later after knowing them for a while that I, you know, I kind of got to know them a little bit. It's like, so what, what do you do? What are you doing here? You know, what's, what's your actual work? And they're like, yeah, we teach English. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say it, but it was like, that really surprised me because neither of you guys really speak English. I thought they would well. be teaching I mean, French they, they, or something, they don't. but uh, yeah. Yeah. Weird. But, but um, yeah. So where there's a need, you know? Yeah. Sure. And that's the so other thing is like, I, I find like in Korea is, is, you know, the, the, the jobs that are available there just it doesn't strike me as a place where they're going to bring somebody in to do a job in let's say IT that that they could be filled by someone here that's already living here so they're you know it's it's about that kind of uh, supply and demand and uh, you know I mean there's a, a huge demand for for English education that still it still persists I mean after 20 years I still you know have work in this industry and it doesn't seem to be abating. As a matter of fact, it seems to be ramping up even more every year. Do you guys get that feeling as well? Mm-hmm. Or uh, it just, it feels more. Um, uh, yeah, opportunities yeah. just kind of keep coming as long as you're open to them. There's always something, there's always something. Just last year, I was working on an editing project um, for uh, a textbook series, writing uh, dialogues for it. Um, it's, uh, I think I used that phrase last week too, just saying yes to anything. Mm-hmm. I've slowed down a little bit saying yes, because there was just, I wanted to have more time for myself. But if I really wanted to, I mean, you guys would agree with this. Like oh, if yeah. you wanted to work 80 hours a week, you, you're going to go figure that out. It's totally mm. possible to pick up um, piecemeal. Like there's, there's so much. Yeah. Stuff you to could do. tape together, you know, duct tape together a, a 80 hour work week pretty, pretty easily. I think. Uh, especially if you're living yeah. in Seoul. I mean, I, I think the... I still think for per hour, though, I haven't been able to beat, and it's hard to say what you do per hour as a teacher, because as any teacher knows, your per hour work is extremely variable. Like, you know, now we're coming into final exams and grading and stuff like this. And if you've got papers, you know, life is different. But I've always thought of the work that I do at Chungang per hour. It's in my, my mind, that's my feeling. I, I don't think I could really quantify it. But I think I haven't beaten that um, with any part-time work. Mm. Kevin, how about you? You do quite a bit of like outside stuff, don't you? Well, for, I mean, if, if you're counting private lessons, yeah. then that, that might be more per hour than- You've done better? Than, you think you've done better? Um, but- yeah. Or like pretty uh, close or- Yeah, but yeah, like if you get like part-time gigs at like a hog one or something like that, no, definitely not. But like, yeah, some, some private lessons, things like that could definitely be better per hour. 
Um, yeah, Kusan, yeah, I, had, I, had a, I had some children that I did, I worked with together. And so it was like, it was like Oman one per student. And I had three students. So it was 150,000 one an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, yeah, but that was pretty rare. That's a, that's a but Yeah, again, so, so we're yeah. coming from this like weird yeah. group. And so <laughs> the work life, our work-life balance is, is quite high. Whereas a lot of people, so whoever's doing the survey are not all English teachers. Um, or definitely not all professors at university. I did a really quick research. Just I, I was curious, Ryan, you mentioned that there's like 99% foreigners here in, in Korea. I just yeah, I wanted to know what the number was. Korea, Koreans, 99% yeah, yeah, Koreans or something yeah, like that. Um, uh, so uh, uh, this actually article just came out about a month ago, end of April. And the, the Korean, the foreign population is actually dropping, which is interesting, but it's down to 2 million people. So out of an, you know, approximately 50, like we're at just under 4% of the Korean population. Oh, that's much, that's much more than I thought. I mean, I was exaggerating. Oh. I was, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But, um, because, I, mean, again, I still like, thought it was see. more than 98. Um, the report shows this from, uh, this is from Yonhap, Yonhap News. Uh, this report showed that Chinese accounted for the largest population of the foreign population at 43%, um, about 800,000 people. Then Vietnamese at 10%, Thai at 9%, and US citizens at 7.3%. Um, wow, that's so interesting. How many American? How many Americans are here? Do you have seven percent of two million? Okay, so the the vast majority is Chinese. Has that been expanding? Because we experienced that at Chungang. That it that seems at least our student population has been expanding rapidly. Yeah, the article here doesn't for a say, while. but now it, it seems kind of but if, if we're looking then at this this article, you know, they're quoting, they're talking about. I'm sure they tried to do at least somewhat relevant study and you know tried to get not just american professor expats to, to answer this so i'm sure they had you know a number of of people they had a lot of students but there, maybe there were a lot of you know maybe i mean if if their survey was at all representative then they would have had nearly 40 percent chinese people answering the, well, the survey the thing that's so interesting about that the when i when not when i started thinking about that is like i i would have when you talk about friendliness, though, all the friends that I that I made for the most part were other teachers. I mean, that was my that was my friend circle. And so, if you ask me, am I really close with uh, with Korean? With a, with a you know, uh, my my wife is Korean, um, but um, do I have a lot of Korean friends? No. Uh, I, I'm I'm wondering if you guys do. Like, what? How would you? Do you, have you have you do you have yeah. a lot of friends who are? But uh, I I don't, I don't, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't chalk that up to um, like a social deficit on my part or Korea's part. Mm -hmm. I think it's really similar to like when I moved, when I transferred to universities, when I was an undergraduate, I went out to Washington and I didn't want to pay out of state tuition. So I had to stay for 12 months just as a resident and just sure. work. Yeah. work I always did was very non-academic work when I was a student. I worked in kitchens, I was a cook. So I was the oddball in most of the kitchens. I was the guy that actually was gonna go to college or was in college, whereas everybody else was, you know, dudes. And <laughs> yeah. so during that time, who do you think all my friends were when I got when I got to Washington? Yeah, all my friends. The people that you was, hung out with. I was a cook, I was with. hanging out with cooks. I didn't know yeah. any students. I didn't know any students. Yeah. Um, and then when I started school, what do you think happens? Well, now I'm hanging out with more students. And then I, when I got to Chicago, I'm, I'm working in graduate school, I'm going to graduate school. Same thing. All my friends, they're all students. I think it's more environmental yeah. for me. 
No, me. I, I, I think that I, is I, exactly I how it is for me too. Similar I, schedules, yeah. similar schedules. People having the same free time as you. Yeah, you know that definitely and, makes yeah. sense as well. And actually, like of the Korean friends that that I can think of that I hung out with and that I was pretty close with over the last few years, I haven't seen them in a while. But that's also because, well, I haven't seen anyone in a while, um, just because yeah. life is weird. <laughs> like I. Well, I mean, we're in like, the middle of a plague well, right now. Yeah, you're, you're talking about, you know, it's like your, your circles. And well, one of my big hobbies recently was, was freediving in the last few years. And so I hung out with a lot of Korean people from the freediving group. Well, I haven't been in a pool in a year and a half. I'm kind of going crazy because of that, but that's a different topic. Um, and so, of course, I haven't seen any of my freediving friends. I haven't seen any of my, my swimming friends, right? I haven't seen those people that I hung out with and you know I have had a number of Korean friends from different groups but it is really the groups that you belong to and right now I, I don't I don't even know what groups I belong to at, at this point yeah well I think the, the, also regardless of COVID like having meaningful experiences it's possible with Korean friends to be able to you know have meaningful experiences of course but it's think, like Kevin think about how I know you like we bumped into each other in foreign countries while on holiday because mm. we're on the same schedule. It's like, oh, dude, you're in Lombok right now? Uh, call me, you know? I actually did like, that with one of my Korean yeah. friends as well down in, in Bali a couple of years ago. Maybe it is But what about this though? Like uh, you, you guys know that in, in the Korean, uh, they refer to a friend as only someone who's born the same year as you, right? So you're, you're, you don't use the word friend to, you know, oh, you ever heard, have you ever had this conversation with some with a Korean where they're like, "That's not my friend. Uh, he's older than me." You know, "That's not my friend. She's younger than me." It's like, yeah, but you're okay. You're friendly together. You spend time together. You drink coffee together. You talk. You're friends. Oh, okay. Well, if that's your definition, you know what I mean. So I, I'm just yeah, wondering that's, if that's just a semantic difference. Is that I a semantic think. thing, or do you think yeah, that they're? Do you think Korea is a little? You have to try a little bit harder here than in other countries. Like uh, you know, Thailand is the land that. of smiles. You know. Um. um. I don't know. I, I would say, I don't, I don't think, I think that's a semantic difference of, because yes, when, and it is kind of funny when they say you're the same age, it's like, and you meet somebody for the very first time and they're like, oh, you were born the same year. It's like, well, we're friends now. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's, that's how that works. But I think that's just a semantic difference. I definitely think you can have younger or older people that are in English in our definition of friends. It's someone, oh, surely they, yeah, yeah, and, and, and they, yeah. and I don't think that really affects it. They would just, instead of saying chingu, you would just say like, you know, saying like it's it's a, a younger person that you are familiar with that you're close with um and they would just ask like you know are you are you close with them are you with with them and so i don't think that's that's just a semantic difference so just, yeah okay I, well i was just wondering if that maybe the the language didn't shine a little bit of light on the culture but i i i, th I think you're right I, I i don't think there's much there you know i will say there's no there there the two of like the closest korean friends that i've had over the past few many years um, happen to be the same age as me, just coincidentally, actually. Um, they were, yeah, about always the same. So I'm not sure if that means anything, but those happen to be the closest friends I've had. Nice. All right. Well, I think we, uh, I don't know, we, we pretty much uh, tore that article up there. I think we, we uh, went pretty deep there. Uh, yeah, there's not yeah. much else that we didn't. Oh, there was one one final thing that I think was interesting, but I'd, I'd love to see them do this part of the survey again, because um, they said that they asked, they, they also asked about COVID during this survey. 
And they said, quote from the article, when asked about the impact of the pandemic on their life, 28% of respondents in Korea said that they decided not to move back to their home country in the near future, higher than the global average of 18%. Um, and I know last year when I was talking, I did a part-time gig at a Hagwon last summer and I was talking to some of the foreign teachers there. And I remember one, one girl was like, yeah, I was thinking about going home this summer, but uh, no, because you know, last summer Korea was handling things really, really well. And the US was well, not. Um, but this survey was done in January. And as of January this year, Korea was, well, not great, but the US was still doing pretty, pretty shitty. And now things are a bit different. So I'm curious if, if that would change over time. But, but people yeah, overall I mean, were think... satisfied with the Korean government's dissemination of pandemic-related information, they said, in, in Korea at the time of this, this survey. So. Yeah, and I think some of the, this, you know, the greater subject of a survey like this, you know, like, what is the happiest country on earth? What is the most expensive country on earth? What's the most expensive city? You got to take all that with a grain of salt. I mean, come on, people's, what is, Seoul's considered a very expensive city to live in uh, globally. It's an extremely expensive city. But come on, I live, I live, I save so much uh, more easily here. Um, I get by on so much less living here than if I would in Chicago and Chicago's supposed to be cheaper. So I think a lot of these surveys, you know, are you happy? Um, is every, is everyone happy based on a sampling of someone with a clipboard walking around Itaewon or whatever it might've been. Sure. I just, I think it's, it's a little, not that it, that's not, I'm not saying it's not true, but you know, take it in, in conjunction with everything else and realize that, you know, your experience is unique. You can find a way, you know, maybe a little harder than other places, maybe, but there's a, there's a way to live well, for sure. I think it's about, it's like cracking the code. Once you, once you figure out how to do it, it's, it just, it's, it's so easy, but uh, though, you know, yeah. that, that first initial, uh, you know, jump from the U S to Korea or, you know, any to Thailand, it's, it's going to be jarring and it's going to take some time to, you know, figure it out, uh, you know, just like you said, how, how are you going to situate yourself and, and find a place? Uh, where am I going to go shopping? Where am I going to get my food? You know, th these kinds of things. That would be an interesting topic yeah. to bring up in, in another, in another podcast as well is, is how did you, how did we adapt to Korea? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, cause, cause coming here, like you said, I mean, you're, it's fish out of water. It, it's a, a crazy new situation. And I came here knowing no one. And, and how do you, how did you adapt to, to be the person that we are today who is still here? You know, why are we, why did we not do the midnight runners? And that would be something to, to maybe help people as well, like who are, are trying to figure out like what the hell is going on? Like, how did we do it? And I don't know if that would actually be helpful for other people or not. My story probably wouldn't. <laughs> it's a very personal. No, I think they, yeah, but, I think doing, going a little bit deep, you know, this, that's what this, I think these conversations are all about is just kind of peeling the layers down a little bit, just uh, going beneath the article a little bit and see what our uh, interpretation or from our perspective, you know, and uh, like you said, I, I don't think someone walking around with a uh, clipboard on Itaewon is going to get to the bottom of these, of these issues. Um, no, they were probably one of my students that I sent there for. <laughs> for a, that was probably one of your assignments. <laughs> yeah. It was you, you <laughs> wrote the article, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, I think we can, we can go into like, there's a lot of cultural things about, about that as well. That'd be fun to talk about next time. Nice. Uh, hit subscribe on the, uh, just hit the subscribe button, uh, like the videos, 
you can find us on all uh, the major platforms, iTunes, Amazon Music, uh, soon to be Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, all your other major platforms. Uh, you just look for us, The Soul Patch. And soulpatch uh, at gmail.com, right, Jack? If That's right. Yeah. If you have, if you want to email us, you got uh, comments or, uh, you know, whatever you want to uh, throw us ask a topic. Us something. Yeah, throw, throw us, us a yeah, topic. If, and if you think that we are totally off base, I would love to hear that as, as well. Oh, yeah. No, we, we're not looking for, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, you, you can have, uh, you could disagree with everything we said. That'll, uh, that makes life more interesting. So I'm a fan uh, of disagreement. So, yeah, soulpatch. Uh, soul, the the soulpatch at gmail.com. The soulpatch. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. There you go. All right. Nice chatting, boys. All right. I'll see you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. See you next week. And cut. I'd like to pay a couple respects to the people that made me what I am today. It's all my love. It's all my love. The quiet man. It's all my love. It's all my love. Dopamine. Jim. It's all my love. Hey Bobby, let the bass go. Call me an eater. Call me a diamond on.